Okay, Emerging Litigation Podcast listeners, you know you're out there. I thought we'd bring you something a little bit different today, a departure from our interviews about complex litigation and other stuff, and share with you an interview with an attorney, so we're still in the uh, in the ballpark. He endeavors to use his skills to do some good for the less powerful in the world and enjoy himself at the same time. <laughs> Can you imagine? He is Danny Karen, a class action litigator based in Cleveland who handles many of the types of cases we normally address in the podcast. He's involved in antitrust class actions, which he describes as the civil pursuit of global felons and price fixers. He handles defective products litigation. He's plaintiff's counsel in the sexual abuse case brought against the Ohio State University. He's also chair of the American Bar Association National Institute of Class Actions, or on class actions. Either way, it's about class actions. It's the nation, or it's the nation's largest program of its kind for lawyers, judges, and professors. Unquestionably, this is all serious stuff. The theme, though, is representing people against more powerful people and corporations who are infinitely more powerful. He loves teaching and creating and writing, and I'm going to add performing. Uh, combining all these things together, he's uh, he's thrown himself into this passion project, which is the only way you can uh, have a passion project <laughs> is to throw yourself into it. But he calls it Your Lovable Lawyer. The website for Your Lovable Lawyer says, quote, Okay, Danny. He's talking to himself. I'm convinced you know your stuff, but why did you create this website? And he also answers himself. Uh, he believes that there is a societal bias against access to justice where people who need justice the most often get it the least. His goal is to make justice more accessible to people who don't know, can't find, or can't pay for lawyers. That's a lot of people. His website, according to his website, offers actionable insight on common legal problems and describes pitfalls in a way that everyone can, indeed needs to, understand. Because in the law, as in life, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You know what? Some cliches are right. That's why they, that's why they become so popular. Or is that an idiom? Either way, it's a chestnut. It's an aphorism. It's something, uh, it's something you can believe in. As he told me in my interview, which you're about to hear, if I, if I can stop talking here, he considers your lovable lawyer as a legal wellness brand. His enthusiasm for the project will be apparent. So here is my interview with Danny Karen. I start the recording for you after he and I talk for a while about his law practice and the serious, complex litigation he's handling. I hope you enjoy it. Well, we've discussed all the serious stuff you do. So now tell us, what is your lovable lawyer? It's a, I, I call it a legal wellness brand. It's really intended to bring legal wellness, legal aptitude, legal awareness to people who can't otherwise get it or access it. And what really sparked the idea was a kind of a combination of things. I, after 30 years of working for consumers, have concluded that there's a real systemic bias, societal bias against access to justice, where the people who need it the most tend to get it the least. What I mean by that is most people, maybe not us, maybe not our listeners, but most people by and large don't realize they have legal issues. If they realize they have an issue, they don't know how to resolve it. If they have some idea how to resolve it, they don't have anybody to help uh, implement that resolution. And if they find somebody, they don't know how to pay for the person. So they're just, you know, all sorts of confused. And it's really not fair. And I'll give you an example of what I mean in a second. So given that realization, I figured, you know, what can I do given what, given what I know and given my skill set 
to try to, you know, bring, bring some sort of uh, empowerment to people who are otherwise left behind. So I took a look around, I get not so I took at the same time as I was considering this, I, I observed the daytime, call it, you know, TV and internet landscape and realized a couple of things. I saw that there was all this, call it health and wellness content out there. And what I mean by that is emotional and physical wellness content out there. Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, how to stay safe and sound in your mind and body. There's also a lot of, call it financial wellness content out there. Susie Orman, Jim Cramer, how to set up a 529 for your kid, how to set up an IRA for yourself, how to keep the financial house in order. But where it came to that third essential bucket that everybody deserves to have filled, doctor, lawyer, financial person, the lawyer bucket, there really was nothing out there to help people, except, of course, for these trumped up, stupid, after the fact, exploitative courtroom shows where they don't show up with the cameras until after everything's fallen apart. And they just really try to not exploit, but, you know, take advantage of people's hardship for sake of ratings and drama. And that doesn't do anything to help prevent problems. It just amplifies them after the fact for entertainment purposes. It's not supportive or preventative. So I figure, what can I do, given what I know, to help fill that essential legal wellness, I call it, bucket? And I had been, in addition to being a lawyer, doing a lot of programming for the last, boy, probably dozen or so years. For the American Bar Association, I chair this program called the um, National Institute on Class Actions which is the biggest class actions program in the country. And we draw about a couple hundred or so lawyers, uh, professors, federal judges every year to talk about the hottest issues in class actions. And it's not this dry, antiseptic, antiquated, formulaic, boring, vanilla, uninspired program. Rather, I, when I took it over 13 years ago, committed to amping, amping it up into something memorable and enduring and fun and powerful and inviting and collaborative and cooperative and all those sorts of things, I kind of compare it to almost like a Springsteen concert in its kind of revival-esque nature, rather than some boring humdrum professional education type program with the long table with you know the panel discussion and the the four bald white guys in navy and gray suits talking in front of text dense PowerPoints that they largely ignore mercifully because you couldn't follow anyway if they tried to read from it in favor of writing three-act plays and and doing game shows and talk shows and AV splashy, you know, produced, you know, programming with music and, and video and all this fun stuff, throwing some food and booze and music. And you got yourself like, or something that's memorable. So I had been doing that. So I wanted to combine that kind of penchant or interest in getting up there and putting on a show because I was a speech and rhetoric major anyway. So, I mean, I'm always into being in front of a crowd and talking as has obviously, you know, <laughs> um, become clear. And my aptitude and interest, aptitude in an interest for aptitude for an interest in helping people along, along the lines that I've cult, I'd cultivated over 30 years. So I combined all those interests together into this legal wellness brand, your lovable lawyer. That was a big windup, but that's what led to it. Yeah, that was a windup. Yeah, I got it. And, it and, 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 and I, well, your show, I'll let you ask the next question, but I was going to tell you what it is, not how I got there, but what it is, but you go. <laughs> I think I did ask what it was. Did you? You didn't I ask what, I got there. I said, I said what it is. What is it? And and what? And I gave you, you the wrong. And I gave you the wrong answer. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you what it is, though. Tell me. Tell me about it. Let me tell you about your lovable lawyer. It's largely a video series where I tackle 
provocative, topical, uh, some kind of enduring, we call evergreen legal issues that affect people. So I mentioned a few minutes ago, I was going to give you an example of people left behind and not knowing they had rights. I just taped um, a video on Spirit Airline where, you know, what happened the other week where everybody's, everybody's flights are delayed, canceled, suspended, whatever. And people are sitting in airports languishing for days and days. Every news report I read and watched centered on either um, what was happening or Spirit's fault for having let it happen, right? What was glaringly absent from any commentary I saw or read on the topic was what the heck they're going to do for people, what people's rights are, what they're owed for having suffered through this inconvenience. So I taped a segment on what your rights are as an air traveler channeled through the contract of carriage, which controls your passenger you know, carrier agreement, which is your passenger carrier agreement. And what you can do if you want to make a stab, take a stab at getting your money back for having booked another flight, booked a rental car, booked a hotel, missed work, your outwages, all those sorts of consequences that nobody's talking about. And people don't realize they have a right to seek because nobody talks about it except me. But your video goes beyond just the Spirit Airlines incident. It all goes to self-advocating and empowerment and agency and doing what you need to to protect yourself and get back for yourself what you deserve. So whether it's Spirit Airlines or a Greyhound bus, or you drop your Apple iPhone and the screen cracks and by God, it shouldn't because I paid 500 bucks for this thing. I mean, there are innumerable instances where people just figure, oh, it's how it's got to be. And a lot of them arose in the context of COVID. I'll give you another example. And this is more topical as it concerns COVID. COVID waivers. We all, we've all seen them. We all know what they are, whether you're going to a salon or a barbershop or a dentist's office, or let's say you're driving um, your kid to soccer practice and coach motions you over, you crack the window, he slips in a piece of paper, says, you got to sign this before, you know, Susie can get out of the back seat and practice. And she's chomping at the, champing at the bit. Champing is correct. Yeah. It's champing. Yes. Champing at the bit. And um, wants to really get out and you grab a pen from, you know, your bag and you sign your name and you're thinking, what did I just sign? What is this? I'm giving this back. What rights do I have? What did I forfeit? What are its contours and limitations? Maybe I'm not thinking any of this because I don't think this way. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just somebody who wants to get my kid out of the car because I got to get to work. And you don't have any darn idea what the heck it is you just signed. Well, you might have just signed away a lot of stuff. And it's not as if that's necessarily binding. People need to know and understand what the limitations and contours of COVID waivers are. And I have a video about that, just like I have a video about, for instance, um, PPE. Let's say you work at a chicken processing plant or a beef processing plant or a fast food restaurant, and you're concerned about your safety, or you were a few months ago, maybe now you were becoming concerned again. And you want to know what your rights as an employee are when your employer isn't doing what you think he or she ought to do. We talk about that. And these are questions, you know, I just want to raise questions because it's not so much about the answers as it is about making people think and inviting them to think about their rights. And if they want to do nothing, they're free to do nothing. But at least it's from a place of having been informed rather than cluelessness. And then I think I've done my job. How about an example of how Danny makes people think? about their rights. Here he is giving a uh, primer, or is it a primer, on forced arbitration clauses, many of which we, uh, we just sign online. So here he is. So just what does forced arbitration mean? 
It means that when your cell phone provider or your credit card company or your cable company or your website where you just bought something online overcharge you or don't give you what you paid for, you can't go to court. Instead, you forfeit your Seventh Amendment right to a jury trial and are forced to submit to a secret binding tribunal where the company who cheated you picks the arbitrator. <laughs> Whose side do you think they're on? Worse still, many forced arbitration clauses include what's called a class action ban. This means you need to arbitrate your small but important claim all on your own. This all but ensures that no lawyer will be able to take your case. If this sounds like the perfect crime, often it is. But it doesn't need to be. And from there, Danny goes on to give some brief and very digestible advice to consumers and maybe even lawyers who represent them. And now back to the podcast. And I guess a byproduct of this is you can, uh, by sharing this widely, you can create people who can encourage other people to advocate for themselves. Well, you hope so. So you're out there. First, you, you want to do some good for people. you got that motivation. And clearly you have fun doing it also. And, um, and it's obviously in your, in your profession. So those are, those are kind of your motivations. I'm just curious how, if, um, are you getting reactions to it? Well, I'm building, I'm trying to build the brand and everybody I talk to likes it maybe because I talk to my mom and my dad and my friends, but everybody seems to like it because it's, it's a positive thing. It's a good thing. There's nothing self-serving. There's nothing, um, greedy about it. I don't charge anything. It's just fun to do. And it's important and essential to do. Now, what I learned as it's growing, and I'm, you know, it's, it's, I'm hope, I hope thriving before long, is that just because you have a good worthwhile idea doesn't mean the minute you post it on social media, it's going to take off. I mean, just because the Kardashians took off doesn't mean you're going to take off when I have a good idea and they provide absolutely nothing of any value to anybody, but they're huge. It's just a function of perseverance and grit and determination and hard work and showing up every day and doing it and putting more videos out there and writing scripts and researching topics and going to locations and paying people to help support you. And, you know, I'm committed to continue to do it for as long as I need to, to make it take off. Cause I think it's fun and essential. And that combination works for me. I mean, you see things when you see success like that, you, it, it looks easy. Oh yeah. It looks super easy. The Beatles looked easy. To me, but watch the behind the scenes videos on these, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Now anybody who has a blog or like you said, you know, you post something, it doesn't just take off by itself. I mean, unless it's just some outrageous, whatever, uh, uh, it just goes viral, but yeah, no, it's work and perseverance and just focus and stay at it and stay at it, stay at it. But you, you mentioned, you know, uh, you mentioned when it thrives or what, what does thriving look like to you? Thriving to me means one of several things, perhaps in this order, I would like to see it get such momentum that some advertisers take interest and take note and choose to sponsor me because I could use a little revenue. There's no shame or harm in wanting to make a living and make money. And anybody who tells you that is wrong or <laughs> a liar or not honest with themselves afterward, or maybe contemporaneous with that or beforehand, who knows? It would be nice to get picked up and do a segment on TV, be some sort of consumer commentator. And ultimately, I think it would really be cool to get a show, to be like the legal Dr. Oz and to get out there and fill a half hour, however many days a week with these provocative legal issues. And there's no shortage of them. There's no end to them. If there is enough financial 
and health related content to fill the airwaves. I there's 10 times as much legal content to fill the airwaves. You know what? The funny thing is take a look at like TNT, all the TNT dramas, right? We do dramas at the one. I think so. All the shows tend to be about one of just a very limited number of things. They're either cop shows, medical shows, or lawyer shows. Cause that's where all the stakes and sex appeal and romance and drama are. And it's, there's, it, it's no surprise that John Grisham writes books about and Hollywood makes movies about what I do, which is doing the little guy's work and the good of the little guy and supporting, you know, supporting, you know, the cause of the little guy against the big corporation. Cause that's where all the risk is. Cause you can go broke real quick by taking the wrong case and making the wrong bet. And, you know, that theme and theory kind of transfers itself or transplants itself, I think, or infuses itself into your lovable lawyer because it's all the same themes. It's through a different channel. It's not your tip, your traditional law firm lawsuit courtroom kind of setting, but it's all the same themes and thoughts and concerns and stakes, just people need who need help. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's a great motivator. The, it seems like there are... Um, from a lot of perspectives, a lot of the important things or even not as important things that happen in somebody's life has some legal aspect to it that people may or may not realize. And then there's just a lot of, uh, just a lot of misconceptions. I mean, the, the most common question I hear, uh, from people about is, can I sue for that? <laughs> like, yes, of course you can. Uh, winning is something else. Absolutely. That's the flip side of when someone says to me, oh, they can't do that. Yeah. Well, you know what they just did, so I guess they can. Yeah. <laughs> so can you sue? Of course you can sue. Will you win? I don't know. Go ask somebody else to take the case because I don't think you're gonna. But you're also talking about more preventive. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not get into a situation where there's a lawsuit. Right. You shouldn't have to. So many people could take that advice early on because once you get into a situation like that, I've even had lawyers tell me, I can litigate this for you, but you do not want to do it. No, it's not worth it. And that's that goes back to my point about being empowered and educated and having some agency and aptitude for your mm-hmm. legal wellness, because you need to know what your rights are and just kind of think in terms of empowerment and self-advocacy, because when you don't know that you have any rights and things are too, it, things develop to a point where it's too late to prevent them. And now you right. have to sue, right. don't you wish you could have avoided something six months earlier? And if you just had a, you know an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure, right? Just a little bit of aptitude on the front end is worth it. And nobody thinks this stuff through. Mm-hmm. Look at, look at, um, look at how many people, I don't know the statistics, make them up, just make it up. <clears throat> that seems to be all the rage, right? It's just making up fake statistics, but all the people without proper estate planning who maybe don't have a trust, but rather just have a simple will or no will at all. Things go through probate. You get an administrator who's adverse to the, the heirs and it, it, it could just, and I went through that, which is an example of mine. And it's horrible. And that was the bad example and experience that taught me to get my estate planning house in order, which my dad had been telling me to do for years. And I'd never gotten to it because you don't do stuff, right? Especially when your parents tell you, you just I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, it was a darn good idea. And we're finalizing the new estate plan imminently because it's essential. And it's going to provide a whole heck of a lot of strife and angst and aggravation and problems and hardship and pain among folks you know, who survive us down the road and nobody thinks this stuff through kind of like not thinking their financial consequences or situation through. I don't need a 529 for my kids. I don't need an IRA for myself. I don't need a 401k at work. And then you retire, you don't have anything, you know, whether it's your health, getting a physical to stay ahead of the wellness curve or 
getting a an IRA set up for yourself to stay ahead of the financial wellness curve or getting your legal house in order, getting your estate plan in order to stay ahead of the legal wellness curve. Those are the buckets that need filling. And I wanted to bring that content to people free and easy and fun. Can people interact with you uh, through the site? Yeah, I get I get a lot of responses and I get back to everybody. The scale isn't of such isn't such that I'm unable to respond to everybody yet. Um, maybe it will at some point, but I certainly do my best. I figure if somebody honors me with, with the courtesy of a question, that they deserve the courtesy of a response. No, yeah, I get, I get people call me and leave messages just with regular legal issues, and I call them right back, and maybe I'll call back the next day, and I apologize for having taken so long. They say taking so long. I didn't think you were going to call back at all. I mean, thank you so much for calling. I really, I can't believe it. I'm so, I'm really appreciate it. I said, what are you thanking me for? Um, you called me. I should be thanking you. I mean, I'm nothing without people calling me to help me solve their problems. People are used to be being treated badly. So yeah, I think they are weird. ignored. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, they are sad. Well, Danny, Karen, thank you very much for talking to me. Oh, thank you for having me. I was looking forward to it. It lived up to the billing. It was so much fun. And to talk about the brand and to spread the word and to help people through a platform like yours is such a privilege. So I can't thank you enough. And there you have it. That's it. Clearly, Danny Karen loves what he does and especially loves his project, empowering people, giving them agency, all to advocate for themselves. He encourages uh, not only advocating uh, for yourself should a legal dispute arise, but staying out of legal disputes in the first place. So it's a great goal and a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Danny Karen. You can learn more about him and this project at yourlovablelawyer.com.